We're going to dig into some interesting, I stood on the different stages of this church uh, different times and talked about community more than I can count, I think. Uh, but what I, I feel like I'm supposed to say today, I've never actually talked about before. So uh, buckle up. <laughs> um, I love movies, right? Like movies are, my grandfather worked in a movie theater for like 40 years back when you could like make a living from working in a movie theater all by itself. But you know, I, I like he, we didn't have money for cable growing up. And so he would send us, I'm totally dating myself here, VHS tapes. And it would have like three or four movies on each one. And we'd like put the, you know, my favorite one was it had Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, the Bible, the movie, the Bible. I'm like, those two are, okay. <laughs> Makes it better. And then aliens. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I love aliens. Aliens is like one of my favorite movies ever. But growing up, like the ultimate, like adventure movies were the Indiana Jones trilogy, right? Like that movie, ki- that music kicks up and you're just like, Somebody give me a fedora. <laughs> I need one now. <laughs> but I love, like, and I say trilogy. I know that there's four, but the last one was hot garbage. So I'm just, leave, I'm just, we're not even going to acknowledge that one. It's like the, no, you go over in the corner over there. Nobody wants you here. So I love The Last Crusade. It's one of my favorite movies, in, or my favorite movie in the trilogy. We can argue about that later, but that's okay. And there's this part at the end where, you know, Indiana Jones is going through the test, right? It's, it's the saws that are trying to, if you haven't seen it by now and I'm ruining it for you, like I, it's been like 40 years, I got nothing for you. So. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> Whatever. So the next test though is the names of God. So he's got a step on these, you know, you'll see the letters on there. He's got to step on the letters and that's like the path to the other side. And they figure out that the name of God is Jehovah. So he goes J and steps and just cracks right through the floor. And Sean Connery got shot, long story. And, <laughs> and he's like out back in that part. And he goes, but in the Latin, Jehovah starts with an I. Good, because I 100% was going to go back to live stream and see if I nailed that accent. (laughs) And he like, he falls to the floor, but it's like, that looks like a floor, right? Like it's stone. It should be able to, to hold you, you know? And as I was thinking about visuals on how to kind of start this out, that stuck out to me because... We have relationships in our lives that look like they're made of stone. They look like they're solid to walk on. And when pressure gets put on them, they look like they should be able to withstand. But the reality is that there's brittleness there when pressure gets put on it. And I, I would venture to say that a big part of that is because we can sit around a dinner table and not really be known. 
We can sit around a, a coffee shop or, or, or whatever and not really be known to each other. And I think a big part of that is that we can look good on the surface, but until we learn how to joy in each other's joys and have sorrow about what each other are sorrowful about, we risk these brittle, divisive, insecure relationships that cannot please God and they can't, they're not good for each other. That it just, I, I, can, I can have this surface level relationship with the people around me, but when we really get to know each other is when the things that make me happy, you attempt to understand them. And the things that make me sad, you attempt to understand that and vice versa and vice versa. And that's super important because that provides the depth that we're all talking about, that we want. It provides the depth that we all think we need. And I'm gonna ask this question continuously throughout this sermon. And I don't, (laughs) I'm, I'm not even, what I'm gonna ask is that as you walk away from this, it's not even that you just do it, it's that you attempt to. So I'm, I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna dumb it back just a little, like, do this, okay? Just try to do this. Let's take that step because I really believe that this solidifies, and I think we've seen this over the last two years, right? Pressure has been put on relationships and relationships are fractured. And so learning how to, you're sad about that, why? You're happy about that. I'm not happy about that, but you're happy about that, why? When we can do that for each other, man, grows the bonds together. First Corinthians chapter 12, if you got a Bible, go for it, if not, Big blue words on the screen, so. But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And those members of the body, which we deem, I want you to remember that, we deem, less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. That is a hard passage of scripture, isn't it? That's hard. Because we are a type of people, especially in this day and age, that love to plant our flags. This issue, that issue can't be a Christian if, can only be a Christian if. It's hard. A lot of stuff out there with this. And yet what this is talking about, and it's interesting because the Greek here, the temptation is to view this as rich, poor, 
prominent, not prominent. But the Greek here is about ideologies. We have this ideology and I deem, we deem this ideology to be lesser than. And what the Bible says is I'm actually supposed to bestow for a believer even more honor on that person when I deem that ideology as lesser than. It is quiet as crap. (laughs) I don't have a problem with that. I just wanna make sure y'all don't either. (laughs) That's hard. That's really hard. So I'm gonna take you through a few examples. You ready? In a polarized political landscape, do you bestow honor to the believer believer who happens to have a different lens than you? Honor. I love, and I know some of you will know exactly who I'm talking about when I say this, but I'm not gonna say the name, whatever. I love to drink the tears of leftists. Should that be our mindset as a believer? I love to see the right. Should that be our mindset as believers? You are a believer who happens to have a particular lens. You are a believer who happens to see the world a different way. And that's okay. Not saying that that's right, wrong, or the other. Hopefully that view comes from your interpretation of scripture. But where, where the difference, what, what's happened is that I don't see the joy that comes from their point of view. I don't see the heartbreak that comes from, their belie- from embracing the set of beliefs that they embrace. They don't become a person to me anymore. They become a set of ideologies. And our war is not against people. Our war is not against flesh and blood. And so I I cannot make them my enemy, particularly if they're a believer. Have you and I tried to sit with them and ask why? Not, Not sit with them online. but with a person, like an actual person, and ask why. And I'm talking both, or multiple, whatever. Okay. In a polarized religious landscape, believer who happens to still be a churchgoer, do you bestow honor to the believer who is questioning and vice versa? Believer who's questioning, do you bestow honor to the people sitting in these chairs. And I know some of you watch. It's polarizing. But do we sit back and try to understand, even ask, again, not online. Do I sit down with this person who views different than me and says, why does this make you happy? Or why does this break your heart? Because I don't get it. And I, come on, like, let's not be naive, guys. There's like 300 people in this room. You all do not think the same. You don't. 
There may not be diversity this way in here, but there's most certainly diversity this way and this way in here. And are we, are we making ourselves safe spaces for people to be able to say, this is actually how I feel about that? Or is our relationships left on the surface where there are just certain things we just we can't touch? And what that says is, how interested are we in what actually makes each other happy and what breaks each other's hearts? In a polarized racial landscape. Believer who happens to not think about this topic much, do you bestow honor to the believer who cries out in some way, shape, or form for answers? And vice versa. Listen, this is Fenton, okay? Like... (laughs) is like 97% Caucasian. I get that, you know? So there are certain things that I just don't expect to be a conversation here. My mother's white, my father's black. I'm not Samoan. (laughs) I just want to put that out there. But I think for, for anyone to summarily dismiss the concerns of sides without sitting down with either or both or many is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And in particular, it's, it's sad when we do that amongst believers. This is a big, beautiful, diverse body of Christ. And until I learn what makes you happy and what makes you sad, our relationships are just going to stay surface. They just are. My wife loves missions, loves missions. She's the missions director here. I mean, up until a couple of years ago, it's like if I'd never left Fenton, I'd been, I don't think anything about missions, you know? But I've had to learn what breaks her heart and many of you in this room about across, about outside of our country and what happens. And I understand better now. And, and likewise, my heart is for the person across the street. So do we take time in this body to understand like, yeah, I may not be passionate about that. That may not break my heart, but I need to understand why it breaks yours. That may not make me happy or fill me with joy, but I need to understand why it does for you. And that, that is the depth in relationship that we all say that we want. But it's not easy. Because every one of our beliefs are birthed from places, hopefully from God, based on what we find joy in and what we find heartbreak in. That pains me, so I want to do something about it. That brings me joy, so I want to do it more. This is the collective good, so I want to see it happen. This is what I think is the collective bad, so I don't want it to happen. It's all joy and pain. That's all what it's birthed from. And sometimes we need to find out what that means outside of the lens that we view stuff through. Do you joy in each other's joys and sorrow in each other's sorrows? And this isn't like, I'm not, this isn't my opinion. It's, it's literally in the Bible. <laughs> like, 
Do you rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep? And that's not just like, like, ah, stub my toe. And it's like, oh, let's cry together. Like, no, that's not, you know, like, I'm really happy I found my car keys. Oh, I'm really happy for you too. You know, like, like that's societal stuff as well. It's each of us have a past in this room that God has used to break our hearts for things or make us joyful about things. We have to connect with that with each other. We have to. So I I got a couple of examples here if you wanna cue up the video. Um, Can you be excited for someone without making it about you? And I know like, Sometimes you'll have someone come to you and they're like, oh, my kid did. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's so awesome. And that reminds me when my kid did, just be happy for them. You don't have to make it about you. And I I know I do this all the time, you know, but it's like, it, it has to be possible for us to just have joy for someone when they have joy about something. And so I, I got Brian Regan. I love Brian Regan. He's one of my favorite comedians. And he kind of, he does this bit called I Walked on the Moon. And this is just a little clip or whatever of it that I think tries to prove my point. So. I'm Ha, ha, ha. 
that could be the way it is sometimes, right? Like, we listen to talk, not to hear. So I, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. And, and you're not listening to what they're saying. That reminded you of a story, and you're just waiting for them to be done to tell your story. And I, I know that, that it's like, it doesn't seem malicious. It doesn't feel malicious. It may, it may not be malicious. But it goes to us presenting ourselves as spaces. Like, at the end of the day, whether I handle it correctly or not, am I a person that somebody can come to and is like, I just didn't know who else would find joy in this with me, but I thought you would. That's depth of relationship. That's depth of relationship. I just wanted someone to enjoy this with. That's depth. And in the same way, can you mourn with someone without initially correcting them or making a joke? Man, we are so bad with tension. We're terrible. I, I don't know what to say to you, so I'm either gonna say a thousand things that are ridiculous, <laughs> or I'm gonna ghost you because I don't know how to deal with the pain that you're going through. I don't know how to do it. I, I, I want to lighten the mood because this makes me uncomfortable. It doesn't matter how you feel. It makes me uncomfortable. And I'd ask the same question. Not the same question, but the same type of question. Am I a place for someone to come to that says, I just wanted to talk to someone because I, I don't even know what I need? That's depth. That's depth. That's what we want. For us to be spaces for each other that we can joy in each other's joy and have sorrow when each other is having sorrow. Job chapter two. Now when Job's three, okay, so let me paint the picture here first. In the span of literally, the Bible gives no indication that there were spaces between this. As a matter of fact, what it says is, while one servant was coming to give the bad news, the other servant showed up to give more bad news. In the span of 43 seconds, Job, all of his kids died, all of his livestock was taken, all of his possessions gone. In the span of 43 seconds, this man lost everything. And when that wasn't enough, boils head to toe. Satan's like, I'm just saying, you left him alive and he's fine. And God was like, all right, just don't kill him. All, everything gone, 43 seconds gone. Boils head to toe. He's sitting on the ground, broken pieces of clay, scraping them. Trying to, trying to get relief from the pus and the pain. His wife, just curse God and die. And I know people paint like a bad picture about her, but what do you expect? Kids just died, possessions gone, husband in pain. Can we just be done with this? Can we just be over? Just take us. His friends come. Now Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him. They came each one from his own place. Eliphaz the Temanite, 
Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite. And they made an appointment together to come to sympathize with him and comfort him. That's like so fun. Like, hey, does Tuesday at three o'clock work for us to come? Like, <laughs> When they lifted up their eyes at a distance and did not recognize him, they raised their voices and wept. And each of them tore his robe and threw dust on their heads towards the sky. Then they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word to him for they saw his pain was very great. His friends see him from a distance. They go, what the heck is that? That's Job? They mourn and they sit with him and they say nothing for seven days. Now, they said stupid stuff after that. Like the next like 30 chapters, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> But sometimes, initially, you know what people don't need? Your words, your jokes, your wisdom. Sometimes what they need is to just be with them. I mean, we've had like a lot of death over the last two years, right? Our communities felt it. Whether people have, that have gone here have passed, or some of you have had family members that have passed, like... It, it's hard. And sometimes the best thing is not for somebody to come alongside them. If marriage is dissolved, for not for somebody to come alongside them, give them the, the 20 reasons this is going to be okay. Sometimes it's just nice to have a body sit next to you and to know that you have a friend that's there. Sometimes you just need to be quiet. And sometimes you need to throw confetti directly into the eyes of people that are, <laughs> are celebrating, you know? It, it doesn't have to, we don't have to make it about us. That's the depth of relationship. When we talk about going deep with relationships, it's understanding what breaks your heart. It's understanding what brings you joy. Do you joy in each other's joys? and sorrow in each other's sorrows. There are right and wrong perspectives, um, but true community is built on valuing what God has given as joy and pain in the people around you. Like I, I what I'm not saying here, okay, what I'm not saying is that you have to adopt the beliefs of somebody you disagree with. What I'm not saying is that your lens must change. But what I'm also not saying is that it's not bad if your lens does change. It's not bad. I, I think, uh, Chuck, you were telling me about this last night. What's the journal, the five-year journal? So if... If I were to look back at Carl in 2021 and 2020 and 2019 and 18 and 17 and 16 and 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 I'm a much different person with different views. And sometimes we just, like I said, we plant this flag. We love to plant this flag and we say, this is the truth. This is exactly what it is. And the reality is, 
that was not the case for you 10 years ago. No, that's always been the case. No, it hasn't. We shift and we grow. And some of that has to do with who we surround ourselves with. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think individual thought is a little bit of a myth. I think you, you tend to think in the way of who you surround yourself with. That's, you, you look at your circle and you generally understand that that's what you think. And so if I begin to surround myself with little differences here or there, because I want to understand, like your beliefs have to be able to hold up to a certain level of scrutiny. When the pressure gets put on them, And if I don't put myself in that position ever, where's the faith in that? Is that really what I believe if I'm afraid for those things to be challenged? And at the end of the day, if that stuff is challenged and I take it back to scripture and I go, I mean, there's, I have a bunch of atheist friends that have tried for years. Like, look guys, it just ain't gonna happen. And and in part because I don't want it to. I don't want to not believe that there isn't a God. Was that right? That was a lot. That was a double negative. Was that right? I think that was right. You get what I mean. (laughs) It just it's just not gonna happen. I've seen too much and done too much. So we can talk, sure. But it, it none of it adds up to me. I'm never afraid to have those conversations. Never afraid to have a conversation about race. Never afraid to have a conversation about LGBTQ plus issues. Never afraid to have a conversation about anything because I know that if I take this back to scripture and allow their viewpoint to be heard, like it's okay for me to allow my beliefs to be challenged to look back at this to say, is any of that truth? And then to adapt into it or to stay the same. It's okay. Questions are okay. There are right and wrong perspectives, absolutely. But true community is built on valuing what brings you joy. And what brings you pain? Do you joy in each other's joys? And do you sorrow in each other's sorrows? And I I hope, like, you look to your left, you look to your right. I'm sure if some of you stuck around for the 11 o'clock, you'd be like, who? (laughs) Who are these people, you know? There's like a thousand people that go here. There's no possible way for everybody to know everybody. But, I, you know, we, we try to do things here that I would hope put you face to face with each other in ways that hopefully can, it gives you the opportunity to move in those directions. You know, first steps after this, membership, small groups, ministries. I mean, you know, these are all just, these are things that give you an opportunity These aren't commercials for these things. They're just, they're you having a chance to deliberately rub elbows. I can't actually rub elbows, but to deliberately rub elbows with each other 
and find out what makes them joyful and what makes them sorrowful. And to still be in relationship with each other when it's different. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to the big, beautiful, diverse, honor bestowing, even when we deem that ideology less than, body of Christ. We talk about next to, that's next to. That's next to. Can I even attempt to find joy in what you find joy in? Can I even attempt to find sorrow in what breaks your heart? That's next to. Father, as we go into this time of worship, um, you, are, you are so infinite and you put some of that infiniteness in us. And, and, and more accurately, in your body, who's right, who's wrong? I mean, yeah, like we, we lean to scripture and we lean to your spirit to see that. But I, I pray that we would come face to face with each other, understanding that an infinite God puts passions and heartbreak and joy into different people that's different from us. Please let us find value in that as we worship you, an infinite being. Help us see some of that infiniteness in each other.